0: Female film composers are rare, but Turkish composer Pinar Toprak is looking to change that. She's behind the music on the new sci-fi series Krypton, and she's here with us today on Crew Call. Well, let's start with your love of film and composing. Where did that begin?
1: Film probably came even before music because I was very I was very young and my father was in love with films, American films particularly, the older ones. And... Um, and he would just, he would tell me about them. He would tell me about the different actors and, you know, the, the, the plots. And I was very young and I just got kind of immersed in this world. I was fascinated. And then very soon after, I mean, very, very soon after music began because I, um, I just loved it. And my father was very, I don't know, he noticed it. <laughs> uh, and I'm really blessed that I had a father that actually noticed that love. Um, and then I started conservatory when I was five years old. I was a violinist at first um, because my father wanted to be a violinist. He actually played it pretty well, but he had to give it up to make a real living. And, um, and then violin just wasn't my, my instrument. I loved writing for it, but I, that wasn't my instrument. I ended up getting my conservatory degree in classical guitar. But all throughout, um, and, you know, if, You guys know about these strict european conservatories that's all you know there's a certain repertoire you have to practice and we couldn't even play jazz it was all very strict classical and all i wanted to do was to write my own things and i even remember you know my kind of rebellious high school years um my grades were kind of like not really great in high school and like in guitar I was great in middle school and around high school my teachers were asking what happened you were like the star student and your grades are declining and I was like I'm tired of playing dead people's music I love it but I really need to do my own thing and um, but the long form writing of any kind was uh, kind of impossible and especially 20 years ago in Turkey I mean even 20 years ago here film scoring was very different than what it is now But in Turkey, it was a whole other thing. And you didn't see an example like me, you know, a Turkish woman, (laughs) a woman and a Turkish woman doing anything like this. So um, I didn't really have anybody to look up to. And I thought I couldn't do that, even though that's what I wanted to do. So I would write songs. And my father was an incredible poet. So the first things I started writing were um, I would just set his poems to, to music. And I was in like little pop competitions and things, and I submitted stuff to Eurovision, and that was kind of my world for a while. But that wasn't really satisfactory either. And then um, I was also really in love with jazz. Uh, piano was always kind of happening in the meantime while I was studying classical guitar. So uh, I was studying jazz, jazz theory. And um, I finished high school at 16. And I wanted to come here. the goal was to come here. that was the major um, I specifically feared. Hollywood, yes, but first this country somehow <laughs> um and then I would figure out a way to come here because I knew before I'd actually come here per se i had to, I needed the training and my my brother was living in Chicago at the time and we were not, we didn't really come from a wealthy family with college tuition saved or anything like that. So my father was like, okay, well, you want to go? I'll support you (laughs) Um, emotionally. Um, But you got to go live with your brother for a year and learn English because I had already finished high school earlier, so that wasn't a big deal. Um, And figure out how to send yourself to college basically. So I was like, okay, that's a good deal. Um, So I, I came to Chicago and uh, live with my brother, learn English, apply to Berkeley. But all of that time, everybody said, "Don't major in film scoring. That's just a waste of a degree, you know, mm-hmm. because you're not gonna end up doing it. So why, you know, spend all this money and time?" And uh, and I was kind of brainwashed, I guess. So when I started Berkeley, I was a piano performance major. Um, in Boston. In Boston, and I was 17 when I started college. Um, and I don't know how much detail you want, but um, there's a little story that I always tell with, with uh, Prince of Egypt. Um, that soundtrack had just come out, and this is 98. I got out of a pra- piano practice room late at night, and I was just miserable. I, mean, I loved playing and creating, but I knew I didn't want to be a performer. That wasn't my thing. I like being in my little cocoon and creating, and I don't like spotlight too much. So um, I got out of the practice room, went to Tower Records, and, uh, which <laughs> is no longer there, sadly. But at 11.30 at night, I, I didn't have much money. I think I was like, like $20 is all I had. I had to survive on for a few days. I had three jobs on campus, and I was teaching kids piano and guitar all over town in my $500 car. It was interesting times. But anyway, so I'm there listening to Prince of Egypt's soundtrack and it's like something about that soundtrack completely mesmerized me. Um, And I always say it's not necessarily that soundtrack that changed my life, but it was like the gigantic splash on an already full glass. Um, So when I started listening to that and they were closing at midnight, I bought the soundtrack with my last money and came into my room and listened to it all night. That morning changed my major to film scoring. Um, and that was kind of it. And that, that particular CD, that exact CD is next to my keyboard for the last 20 years. Um, wherever I moved, whichever studio I've had, it's always been next to me. So that was it.
0: Now, did you meet the composer? Hans Zimmer? Yeah.
1: Yes. I was very lucky to, to work for him. Uh, this is now 15 years ago or so, but I, I love him and he's been a huge inspiration forever.
0: Did you come up through
1: remote control for the most part here? Um, yeah, so my first job in LA, so I, I finished Berkeley in two years, um, so I was 19 years old when I moved to LA, and I enrolled, uh, I still needed a student visa, you know, <laughs> um, and I enrolled in the master's program, and at the end of the master's program, um, I got this opportunity to intern at Paramount Pictures Music Department. So that was my first, first job. Uh, I was there for a year. And then, right at the end of that year, um, I knew my goal was always to work for Hans. So I called them up for like a month I think almost every day different people that were working because again the goal was like once I get there I'll wiggle my way in there somehow and they
0: don't let you out <laughs> 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 well no because it's like they'll, they'll need you and then they need you and it's like can you stay for the next week right you know 24 7
1: yeah and yeah. that was a wonderful education in every way and um I'm I'm very grateful I've I've done that um, and then there was another opportunity I had to work with uh, an incredible orchestrator, arranger and composer William Ross who's done a lot of things which was a very different um, thing because you know from Hans world everything is high-tech, you know, edge of technology and, and Bill is like pen and paper. From that world I went to like perfecting my penmanship and whatnot so that was great education as well. Um, and then I started doing things on my own.
0: What did you work at? Um, what were some of the scores you worked with on at remote control?
1: Let's see. The, the very first one when I got there was uh, the first parts of the Caribbean. I was doing like uh, some of the, the percussion programming and sampling and things like that. Um, and then the last Samurai, um, I think it was around King Arthur or so. That's when I left. Um, and then with... Um, What were some of the
0: early film scores that affected you before Prince of Egypt, Like when when you were a kid with your father?
1: Um, I loved John Barry. I loved, um, I still do. (laughs) Um, Ennio Morricone. I mean, I was obsessed, still am obsessed with Ennio Morricone. What's your favorite
0: Ennio Morricone?
1: Um, Oh yeah, they're kind of classics, but Cinema Paradiso and Mission oh yeah Um, oh yeah they just they're i could listen to them forever and they don't lose their effect whatsoever they're beautiful
0: uh my personal i i love those two my other personal favorite is um is uh the untouchables
1: oh yes beautiful yeah
0: especially amazing opening credits sequence that's intense against the main titles
1: see that's what i missed was beautiful long opening sequences <laughs> you know we don't get that that often now now um
0: coming to Krypton how tell us about that how did how did it come your way and and man what a what a gorgeous show it reminded me a lot of um, of Gotham and how serious that is and to some fanboys the TV shows are often better than the movies right. um, how did it come your way?
1: It was just uh great timing in a lot of ways um i had worked on justice league with danny elfman and it was just released this is middle of november and then i got a call from my agent i think maybe a week after it was released that there's this show it's krypton i was like wait wait what krypton like superman krypton (laughs) because i'm just obsessed with that world and um so I was like, yeah, yeah, they're looking for a composer, and you kind of do this kind of this weekend. Do you want an adventure this weekend? I'm like, yes. So that was kind of it. I got the call Friday. I think I got um, some of the scenes on Saturday. I talked with Cam Welsh, and um, was our showrunner. That night, he was still in Belfast, um, and I just kind of wrote because I didn't really, all I knew was they didn't want something very traditional um which is it could be anything you know um but I kind of went with my gut okay I don't have a lot of time which is a great thing sometimes in creative fields when you don't have a lot of time you go with the first thing that comes to you and um
0: what spoke to you like what what was your gut what was your gut feeling and what you should do and what scenes spoke to you
1: um well a lot I mean the entire concept of the show spoke to me but the Particular scenes that I scored because um, I knew they wanted something for Adam Strange. They didn't really know what that was going to be, um, so I wrote the Adam Strange scenes. Also, the the scene with with Seg um, and his parents um, when um, when they're in their house and talking. That that scene um, was one of them.
0: The other cool thing is you have source material music yeah. because they asked you, we need nightclub music. And because this takes place <laughs> in a completely other universe, right? here you are composing cantina music. Yeah. Um, what was your... Some very cool themes. Very, very cool. Like very, very um, wonderfully discotheque. <laughs> what what was on your mind with those scenes? Was it... was it What was... What's, what were you um, going for?
1: Well, the idea was that, you know, it, I we couldn't just, you know, slap on any source cue like you would with anything else, you know, because it had to be very specific to Krypton, which is not really established, right? At that point, when I first started writing, it could be anything. Um, my thought was just more, you know, it couldn't necessarily be like an acoustic band, you know. Um, it, the whole electronic world is open to a lot of things. So thinking forward, I figured that's a good sound overall, and I could do a lot of things with it every time I have to do something sore. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Now, uh, um, how is how is your schedule? Is it because with TV, mm-hmm. it's a tighter schedule than film. Right. Um, are, you, are you done for the season or... Are you still...
1: Um, almost. Uh, I'm just finishing up episode eight at the moment. Um, we have a couple more episodes to go. And the schedule has been, you know, with some episodes, we've had a week turnaround and some two. So, you know, somewhere on there. And there's quite a bit of music every week.
0: And then how big is your orchestra and where do you record?
1: In my home while I'm wearing my pajamas. It's wonderful. So it's all...
0: It's all... <laughs>
1: It's all MIDI. It's all in the box.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. So you're not bringing in any anyone else.
1: The only thing we brought in was vocals um, for so far for episode five only, and I think we're going to bring her back hopefully for the very last episode too. But episode five, which is uh, going to air next Wednesday, um, it's it's interesting. It's uh, it's definitely a different approach. So, but other than her, I've done everything else.
0: What we're tell us about what's 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 really wonderful is you're a female film composer. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of them, and and I'm I'm, I'm curious. Can you tell us about coming up? Because um, you were mentioning, you know, growing up in Turkey, that there weren't role models. You 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 were your own role model. Um, is it is it a is it a very confined guy's world, or is there more women emerging in the field? But but tell us about tell us about um, coming up coming up in um, in film composing.
1: I think once I made that decision back in '98, um, I was I just sort of said, okay, there's no Plan B, um, and just because there isn't an example of something, it's not a reason for not doing. Because if that was the same no evolution in anything would have ever happened if we kept thinking the same pattern. Um, And if somebody has to change it, and if I'm one of those people that can change it, why not me? Why do I have to wait for somebody else to do it so I can follow in their footsteps? And another thing that's very close to my heart is is inspiration. I get um, so much satisfaction out of inspiring people because... You can't accomplish anything without inspiration. Knowledge on its own does nothing. But when you're inspired, that's a lifelong, and when you have a curious mind, when you have that love, um, there's, there's nothing you can't accomplish, really. So for me, it's all about being an example and showing that there, there are no limitations. You're only limited by your own thoughts. And when you actually act like that, when you know that you are one of them, Um, they kind of see you like that too. Because when you feel like for some reason you're less than anybody else, that comes across. But you walk into a room and hopefully with your talent and craft that backs it up too, um, people just kind of forget where you're from, what gender you are, um, and it all kinds of becomes about the music, which is the goal.
0: Prior to Krypton, tell us about was there was there a particular project that you look back on that helped catapult you to be to be your own voice as as in in film composing?
1: I've been I think it's been kind of everything. Um, before these projects, I've done forty feature films, um, and the genres have been from you know, action to comedy to. Uh, to documentaries and thriller and dramas, um, I think it it just all of that kind of seasons you as a composer. Uh, so there's not one particular thing, but the the films that I the, the sailing films that I've done, I really love scoring them, well, which
0: which it. were with David Ellison. Right. Uh, tell us about those because you also you also sail.
1: I do, and that's that's one of my biggest passions. And uh, those films were just. I couldn't believe that I like I get paid to look at boats and write music for them. That's, yeah, it was really fun. We did um, the last one last June at Sony with 70 piece orchestra for two days, which is kind of unheard of for a documentary, but it was great. And actually the, the, the little trivia fact, my uh, one of my bass players, uh, he was my sailing teacher, one of my first sailing teachers. Um, so it was just really fun. It was awesome.
0: What were the name of the, the, tell us about the names of those dogs. The, C- the, C- the C-
1: first one was when God's, it was about the 33rd America's cup. And the other one is tides of fate. That's about the 34th America's cup.
0: Brilliant. Um, what do you ever get? Do you, do you ever get phone calls? But like, are there any Turkish, Turkish filmmakers that ever call up and say, Hey, we need, we need the score here.
1: Um, Occasionally. Uh, interestingly, I haven't done a whole lot um, of, uh, quote unquote, press you know, in Turkey. I haven't done a whole. I've kind of focused more in here. But I would love to do something in Turkey. And the industry there is, is just booming. There's lots of amazing filmmakers. I would love to work with them. It's all about finding the right project and you know, about timing. But I would love to do something there for sure.
0: In addition, on the series, um... So you're, you're talking about with Krypton, you, you use MIDI, but are there, are there any other instruments you, you use?
1: Yes, there's actually a really cool instrument called uh, the A-frame, which I've discovered just around the, the week that I got hired on Krypton. I was walking around SAMASH and this really, it looks like the outer line of the, the Superman, Superman sigil it's a really cool instrument so that was like the first thing before I even heard a note I'm like however this thing sounds I'm getting it um, and then I they showed it to me it's a really cool electronic percussion instrument but you can do a lot of weird sound design with it um, so it's not just percussion a lot of weird scrapes and pads and things and it's kind of endless I'm, I'm definitely using that throughout as well
0: tell us about your upcoming projects
1: um, so there's uh, I'm actually next week I'm going to London to record uh, at Abbey Road uh, for a film called The Angel it's a Netflix original film directed by Ariel Roman it's, it's wonderful um, it's a true story based on the son-in-law of the Egyptian president that um, came as spy from Mossad. It's, it's a really awesome story uh, beautifully shot so that's next week recording and release. I don't know when and also I just started working on a Pixar short
0: that's excellent. Can can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's awesome.
0: <laughs> and and that and and you're the first female composer ever for a Pixar film.
1: Yes, which yes. is excellent. Yes, I'm uh,
0: well, thank you. Thank you Fan- so much. Fantastic.